Hi guys, before we get started, uh, I just wanted to say a massive thanks to everyone that left a positive review on Apple Podcasts just recently. Stuff like that is so helpful uh, for reaching new people. So I really appreciate that. So if you have not done that already, please go ahead and do that. Also, if you want to follow me on Instagram at Mixtapes with Mike Podcast, uh, the link in my bio now gives you the option of going direct to my Spotify or Apple Music profile so you can listen to the Mixtapes direct. And as with last week, Mixtapes with Mike is brought to you by Tim and Gen's Weekend Podcast, a 20-minute audio delve between two lifelong best friends who tell each other about what they got up to at the weekend and hilarity ensues. And I'm involved as the producer, so I get to phone in every week and tell them who's on mixtapes that week, and I get a little bit of exposure that way. So by helping them build an audience, you are also helping me. And without any further delay, here's the episode. Uh, Honestly, every time I hear this song, I think about partying until I puke. (laughs) (laughs) In a good way? In a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a guest to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist twice. We're going to talk about each song, and if you like the sound of what you hear, you can listen to the mixtape in full by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. It's that simple. So if you're the kind of person who'd like a new mixtape each Monday, you should probably subscribe to this podcast. But that's enough of the hard sell. Let's talk about music. This week's guest is a stand-up comedian and writer who is also a cast member of Meet the Staff, a mockumentary web series going behind the scenes of Conan. They play one of the more dysfunctional members of staff. I watched their episode today and it is hilarious. I'll put that in the show notes. You won't regret clicking on that. And this guest also made a lot of effort and took care to make a very considered mixtape and I think that will shine through in the conversation as you hear it. So this is Ever Maynard. How are you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Thank you for having me. No, nah, it's good to it's good to have you. It's um you are uh you've been nominated by previous guest Steph Tolliv. How are you doing? Good, good. It feels good to be here. Um I I am realizing now that I, I think I have a pretty long couple of long songs in, in here. <laughs> That's fine. Hope you guys Hope you guys have time. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fine. It's uh, you know the, the, your mixtape is exactly what you want it to be, so it's all good. Now we've not met in person, as I said, you've mm-hmm. been sort of nominated by by Steph to come on, uh, but you're primarily a stand-up comedian. Yes, in Los Angeles, but I'm originally from Texas, from rural Texas. I thought I detected, There's a difference. I thought I detected a bit of a twang. <laughs> yeah. Bit of um, there's like Texas, uh, rural Texas. For those of, of the listeners who have never been, it really is like another planet. It's insane. Like I grew up, you know, running barefoot most of my life, thinking that was the norm. It was normal to go outside barefoot, do yard work barefoot, go to the store barefoot. And then when I became an adult and moved to Chicago and then later to LA, I'd be out barefoot and people would be like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is not normal. So are your this feet is- like bulletproof now? <laughs> they they were, but now I've started to wear shoes, you know, out of shame 
<laughs> shamed into wearing shoes. <laughs> so, 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 so te- Texas to Chicago, that's that's got to be a bit mm-hmm. of a, a gear shift. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, I, I came from a town of 800 people. You know, yeah. it was a it was a farming community, and and then when I moved to Chicago, I was so excited about like everything, like taking above ground. Any honestly, public transportation was just awe inspiring to me. Like it was like wow, like something I wrote literally wrote home about in a card to my mom. Mom, like, Dad, they've got infrastructure here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they'd be like, the hell is infrastructure mean? You know, so I, <laughs> I couldn't say the word. Or Honestly, I couldn't even write the word infrastructure. I don't even know how to spell it. To this day, I can't spell infrastructure. That's... You know, like I, I made a joke, um, which is not a joke, but like in the South, like especially rural um, communities, um, education is not like the forefront of the community uh it is farming or um raising cattle but a lot of people don't understand like how like racist rhetoric is passed down but i I had an english this is a true story it's an english teacher that i had in texas that during a lesson of of um like subject verb agreement or like verb conjugation she taught us that the civil war was actually about the economy and not about slavery and so it's also referred to as the northern aggression in some states but that's passed down in our in our schools that's how it's a fucked up place i'm just saying america can be a very fucked up place um so that's how that's why i don't know how to spell anything correctly it was because <laughs> all of our teachers was just, they were just really pumping that southern pride and racism well i'll just be honest they were they were trying to pump a lot of racism <laughs> growing up right, i don't know on. if so, that's funny um so, or horrifying so how old were you when you moved to chicago 21 and how long were you there for i was there for almost 10 years wow. um i i went so like i turned 21 in may and i moved there in july i found an apartment off craigslist you know 800 bucks a month all utilities, not even 800, 600 bucks a month, all utilities included. And I just started going to the second city and like IO and a bunch of these improv theaters out there and doing stand up because that's what I wanted to do. Amazing. And my parents are like, yeah, go ahead, go for it. My, my wife and I went to Chicago maybe three, no, it's probably longer than three years old because that's, that's how my son is. So it's got, uh, it must be over four years ago now, but we loved it. I, I miss it. I think about Chicago every day. Every day of my life since leaving, I think about Chicago. Like, it's a it's a beautiful city. It's a wild city. It's a I feel like it's a place where you can definitely ex- experiment in your art form. Mm-hmm. You know? It was cool. It's a forgiving place. And then the move to LA, again, is to sort of progress within stand-up? Yeah, that progressed with stand-up. It, there's also a point because Chicago at the time was such a small community. It was like everybody either moved to New York or Los Angeles. And I was like, I really want to go to warm weather and the beach, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I mean, from the outside looking in, it seems like New York's the kind of place where you can gig a lot in one night. Mm-hmm. And I think gigging 
is harder because of the the travel from spot to spot around LA, but the the weather and the scene just seems that little bit cooler. I mean, it's nice. I'm not gonna lie, but I do miss like like going from show to show to show. You know, like packing yeah. a packing a night in. But in LA, like with a with a reliable mode, like with a car, you can get two, maybe three shows in. Mm-hmm. But I will say one thing that I I miss. And something that was odd, I think a lot of people who moved to LA from Chicago find is Chicago such a drinking scene. You you just and you don't drink socially. You you drink to get hammered. Like that's you know like you you do a show and then the bar's up until four. So why not just stay and drink? It's two dollar beers. Mm-hmm. So that was the mentality that I grew up in when I was twenty one. Like that's yeah. when you can start drinking in in the states. And um, when I moved to LA, like. I thought that was the same deal. But then people were like, do you have a drinking problem? And that's happened to several of my friends who moved from LA to Chicago. So a big drinking problem. A lot of drinks out here. Anyways, I don't know why I'm rambling about drinking. Nice. I'm, I'm still... You know, I've been so alone with COVID. I just, I'm just like, oh my God, another human. Like, how do I fucking interact? Like, that's no, how I... I feel right now. No, I'm no, like, but... I, I have forgotten how to interact, which is insane. Like... I don't know. I leave a note for my mail lady. It's like, please deliver the mail to my door. I'll give you a cookie. You know, and she's like, stop, you're a creep. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I get a cookie from you. I think we've all had that, that sort of detachment. Like, I mean, we were saying before I uh, I started recording that uh, today's the day that I was allowed out of the house after a 14-day isolation because we've had COVID in the house. So... Me and my little boy, we went out and we walked the dog and we went to McDonald's for lunch and we went to the shops and we went to his grandmother. And we were just like, just to breathe fresh air and interact with people was a massive thing. And so I know exactly how you feel. And I think from the sounds of it, like going from Chicago to LA, it's like a culture thing that just became ingrained. It wasn't actually... A drinking problem perhaps but it was just no it was just the culture is so different yeah in LA it's very much like you know it's a very sceny town like you said you know it's very cool it's like very hip but also there are like casting directors and producers in the audience and that's when I learned like oh you should also not look like a drunk fucking slob in front of these people you know like it's not cute <laughs> like they're looking at it as like a casting like I want to work with you point and that's it's it feels gross like saying that out loud but that was something that the younger me wish i knew you know because the the reality is in in that setting you're being scrutinized on and off stage yeah 100 percent. yeah and that's also a really fucked up part about la (laughs) is you're always being scrutinized so at some point you just have to say fuck it and be yourself but i i would definitely say i learned how to just you know have a few little sips here and there and then call it a night. Yeah. But I miss that camaraderie. I, honestly, I miss any kind of camaraderie right now, but especially that of like a good Chicago comedy scene. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, I've gigged once properly since March. Uh, wow. There's there's a really good uh, stand-up club called Hot Water in Liverpool. And... They opened their doors again and they started sending the emails out where you can kind of just apply for a spot. And that's that's like a one and a half, two hour drive for me. But I know that it will be a good gig because the way they run things. 
Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, I've got to do it. Got to go. And because they were running at reduced capacity, they were doing two shows a night. So it wasn't one spot. I'd actually got two. So I had the first spot to like just run through the material and I felt like I'd rushed a little bit and it wasn't quite in the rhythm. And then the second spot, I kind of stepped back a bit and relaxed and I was just like, ah, that's what it is. Um, But again, like I've not had anything since, like I was supposed to be emceeing something last week, but I had to, had to cancel that because I couldn't leave the house. So yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You got COVID. You can't leave the house. What are you, the president? <laughs> you can take a joy ride in a suburban. <laughs> it's, it's so... It's, I was saying this to someone the other day. It's almost like I've gone through like some sort of comedy rehab and comedy's kind of got out of my system a little bit, but then you go and you have another taste of it and you're like, right, I want to do it again. I want oh, to do man, it again. I have it. Yeah. I feel like that's going to happen as soon as I get my first outside gig. Which are, they're slowly starting to peep up, but I don't know for how long because it's winter in LA, which is nothing. It's like 60 mm-hmm. degrees and then people will be like, it's so cold. It's not cold. Things go indoors. But I, I know that's going to happen to me. And then I don't know if this happened to you, but like the first, we were told it was going to take two weeks yeah. in the States. It was, you know, I don't know if that was everywhere, but it was like, okay, everybody take two weeks off. You'll be fine. And then it was like, all right, well, let's see how this month goes. And then here we are. But at first I was like, fine. I was like, okay, cool. I can handle this. And then I got this weird, like, depression. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I don't need to be depressed. It'll be fine. I'll do some Zoom shows. And that made it a little bit worse. Because um, then afterwards, you just, like, sit down and you just close the computer and you're, like, in your underwear. You know, it just feels weird. You know, there's, like, Cheeto bags around me. It doesn't feel good <laughs> uh, walking into that. And then... I know that as soon as I start doing comedy again, it's going to feel really good and then it's going to shut down and I'm just going to go right back into that slump. Has that happened to you? Yeah. Has that happened or how's your slump been? No, I've, 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 I went through like peaks and troughs. So I got furloughed from my day job for two months. And for I'm the first month, I was just kind of eating a lot and kicking my heels. You know, we could go out the house for like walks and stuff, but you couldn't do much else um and there were days and it felt like a holiday because like it was sunny outside i was sat in my garden with a with a beer and my feet in a paddling pool playing with my son it was nice great and and then there are other days when the weather's amazing but it doesn't matter you're still in a foul mood because and you can't it's the same day as fucking yesterday i can't take it sorry for me sorry not me to explode but this is this is what i mean i feel like I don't know how to communicate with other individuals because I'm just so excited to talk to you. Like I'm finishing your story. (laughs) I'm just like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh, you made me feel special. Oh, thanks. um, And then the second month of my sort of furlough, that's when I relaunched this podcast because I originally started doing this in 2017, but it kind of fell by the wayside when we had our son. Um, And then... I was like, fuck it, I'll start doing mixtapes. And cause I always I always put pressure on myself to sit in the same room as someone with a recorder. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized that you could record on Zoom, I was just like, I wonder if it's workable. And it is. And now I get yeah. to talk to people all over the world. And it's been amazing. And I basically treated it like a job. So in that month, I recorded at least one episode every uh, like working day. That's cool. So, so in one month, I basically accrued 
two months worth of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just and, and now I'm back at work, um, so I'm just I record maybe one or two a week. And as long as I edit one a week and get one out, I've got, I've got this nice little cache of of content that I can just edit okay. and, and release. And that did wonders for me to have something to focus on and yeah. create. Completely changed it for me. Um, I think that's what's lacking. For, I don't. Th- I don't. I don't think I know that that's what's lacking for me right now. Is creation, mm-hmm. focus, and creation. Yeah. So, actually, thank you so much for the reminder. I think I just needed to hear those words. Like, I, I, thing is, like, I didn't even want to try and write a joke because if I wasn't going to get to say it on stage, what's the fucking point? I mean, here it's been in the states have been really hard to try to write a joke. There's a lot of shit. There's a lot of bad shit happening. <laughs> I don't know if you know about a lot of the shit that's going on, but it's been it's been hard to try to write a joke. And also, it feels like I don't know if this feels like what does it fucking matter? Like it's just it's irrelevant. Yeah. In a week. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the people are going to be writing about the same stuff. So... If I hear another like joke about like staying at home or quarantining i'm gonna lose it no that's that's exactly uh, a friend of ours went to the, the local comedy club around here like um and he said he didn't enjoy it because he went there to escape from all this shit and yeah, every no. act was talking about staying home covid corona you know yeah it's like we don't want to we're we know everybody knows you yeah. know it's, it's weird to like do Zoom shows and then you see a comic talking about COVID and like what sucks is like, I don't know if you've done this with, with Zoom gigs where you can watch the audience and everybody's just like stone faced, you know, yeah. like on their couch being like, why am I watching a stranger tell me about how I'm living? I don't want this. Yeah. It feels bad. Yeah. And then the audience just is like, why did, what the fuck is this? Why? Yeah. Okay. Tell me about a cat, you know, something. Just give yeah. me something to distract myself. So, I listen, uh, anyways. So, I listened to your mixtape. And you did, yeah. It feels. Sounds very codependent. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, <laughs> I, my, what struck me is it felt like a soundtrack, it felt almost cinematic in places. So, I wonder how. How, the, how this conversation is going to go and what I'm, I'm curious to know what the connections to some of the the music will be um so I've, I've been looking forward to this all day so honestly thank you for for saying that i did put a lot of thought into the the format and and the style of of music so i appreciate you saying that it sounds like a soundtrack no it's not well, I, it's a, I, I mean I, it. it's a big compliment so tell me who your first track's by so uh the first track is by yola tango now this is uh, this is one of the best things about me doing this is like I get lots of artists brought to me that I, I wasn't aware of, uh, and there's, there's been quite a bit of that with this with this playlist. So how did you how did you get to know this artist? Um, I used to work at a Starbucks, and uh, this is so embarrassing, but it was on the Starbucks playlist, not this song, but the band. Mm. And there was um, this doctor that came in. His name was James. He was really nice. And he was kind of like an indie guy in Central Texas. And he was like, oh, Yola Tango's really cool. And I wanted to be really cool in rural Texas, you know, barefoot in a Starbucks. So I started listening to Yola Tango. 
And then I was like, oh, I actually really love this band. And then um, I think You Can Have It All has been one of my one of my favorite songs since maybe I was about 20. Yeah, every time I listen to this song, you know, even now I, I take a moment to myself and I kind of use it as a, a grounding. I know that sounds a little cheesy, but I, I use the sound, song as a grounding moment for myself and almost as a meditation where, you know, the song could be interpreted multiple ways of, you know, telling someone that they could have a part of you or also reminding yourself that you can have anything, you know? I don't know, it's just a beautiful song. I really love it. No, I think... It, it brings me calm. It brings me comfort. But yeah, and it's... With a lot of, with a lot of music, it is what you make it for yourself in a lot of ways and I think everyone have everyone has those tracks that they use almost as medicine to sort of uh, recalibrate and just take a moment um, you know like so, so, some people will have songs that remind them of a certain point in time uh, the, and you almost relive some of those scenarios and some of those emotions that you were you were experiencing at that point. And sometimes that, that can be a bad thing as well, but I think everyone's got music that are almost like these little, um, I don't know, like a... Like, like you said, for like a grounding purpose, like a like an anchor, okay. you know? Um, yeah, you can have it all as one of my grounding, like an anchor thing. Even when I get like really angry, I'll listen to it. It just helps soothe me. Um, it's really helped me get through definitely the first parts of um, COVID. And I would say, you know, it's still and it and it kind of just reminds me of of falling in love, like in a deeper love, like when you realize, like, oh, I love you, but then it goes a little bit further, right? And you start loving another person in a more intimate way that isn't just like lust or you know your day-to-day -day love but just like flaws and all like when you've i don't know like when you've when you've realized damn like i fucking even love the way you you turn you know left or right when you're driving the way you, a lover will move a hand you know in okay. simple moments So, moving on from Yola Tango, who are we listening to next? Okay. Um, after that, we're going to be listening to John Prime. Okay, and, so this is this is another act um, that I wasn't this is another act I wasn't aware of uh, before listening to your mixtape. Yeah, this song. Um, it, it also just kind of reminds me of of just letting it go. Um, and I, this singer-songwriter is dear to my heart because it holds a sentimental 
the artist and the memory of the artist holds a really sentimental bond um, that I have with my my father. Like I, you know, get to see my family like one time or once a year, usually around the holidays. And my dad used to listen to John Prine over the stereo or like on the boom box in the house, the radio. And I would get so annoyed because I wanted to hear like Smashing Pumpkins or Garbage or Hole, you know, like Cocteau yeah. Twins. And he was playing John Prine and I hated it. I thought it was so annoying. <laughs> and then one day I was like, I'm going to try to listen to this guy. And I fell in love with this song. Sometimes you can open yourself up to an artist that you didn't have time for yeah. previously. And if you figure out a way in, you can appreciate them in a completely different way. This is one of those artists. This, this, um, he's, he's got a great volume of music. He's recently passed. Um, John Prine had COVID. Uh, well, he had cancer and then COVID really. COVID did him off. Um, that sounds so cold to say. Um, <laughs> COVID, he was another COVID guy. And um, I, I would say now when I listen to John Prine, and, and much with like Yola Tango, um, I'll do so in a way, in a deep listening way where I really enjoy the play of lyrics. And I, you know, I can appreciate the way that these crafters have made the song and formatted their music and especially John Prine's guitar playing. I, I love it. I think it's, I think he's brilliant. Okay. But so yeah, this, this is, oh, go ahead. Okay. So this is, this is uh, John Prine and the sound of the speed of loneliness. It's a mad and mean and a dreadful sorrow. It's cross the evil land today. Can yes, bad tomorrow. We ain't got one word to say. So what in the world? Okay, so moving on from John Prine, yep. who's up next? Uh, after that, we've got uh, Ann Pebbles. Now, I don't know if it, this is probably embarrassing to admit, but I didn't realize that this wasn't a Tina Turner song. Like, I didn't oh, realize. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> so, like, you, you, you sent this bit over, and I was just like, started listening to it, like, what? And then, and it sounds almost exactly the same as the Tina Turner version until the band kicks in. And yes. I was like, oh my God, this version is amazing. It's so rich, it's so good. And it's I and I think Tina Turner. It, it's a double-edged sword because so many people know this song now, but they don't know. Perhaps I wasn't made aware of Ann Pebbles. Um, I hope I'm saying her name correctly. Um, Pebbles, correct? Yeah. Not Peebles. But it's double E. So maybe Peebles. it is Ann Peebles. Ann Peebles. Okay. So this is Ann Peebles. Um, until I started, you know, I was looking for this particular song and this version popped up a few years ago. And since then, I've just been a big fan. I love it. And I, and I think, you know, when I composed this list for you, a lot of it was, um, it reminded me of specific things in my, in my life. Like this song is something that 
I'm remembering my mother would like chain smoke to and sing and dance in the kitchen while making like family meals. Yeah. You know, when my mom just kind of like fucking had it, she would just blare Tina Turner and this song would come on and then right at the climax, she would just crank it up. You know, my mom really taught me how to be a mad woman or a mad person or, or dance, like who gives a fuck? Like my mom is someone who really taught me at a young age about putting your heart into what you're creating and making and when you're listening to music, how to really enjoy it. You know, my, I, I thank my mom for that. And then when I found this version, I, I just kind of fell in love with this song all over again. I think it's easy to take for granted. Yeah, well, this this song, the Tina Turner version of it was actually submitted to a mixtape a few weeks back uh, by a guy called Nick Helm, who's like a musical comedian here in the UK. And the perception of him is that he's very into rock, like right. traditional like metal and stuff. So I, it, I wasn't expecting it to come out of him, but he was so passionate about her and the song because he'd seen her live and that changed his oh, appreciation wow. yeah um whereas we've had like the opposite thing when you sent me this i wasn't aware of Anne peebles and i think that this version is infinitely better it's great it's but again it's like over you know it's overlooked because tina turner is you know an icon so she eclipses like yeah. maybe original versions which is almost a shame it is a shame at least you know and my knowledge of this song and, and the musical history. Well, we've 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 hopefully brought Anne Peebles to some people's uh, attention in this conversation. So, so this song is. Uh, this song is uh, "I Can't Stand the Rain" by Anne Peebles. So moving on from Man Peebles, who's up next? So after this is kind of like uh, in, the, in our soundtrack or in the soundtrack I've put together is Easy Easy by King Cruel. Um, I purposely put this here because I, I wanted the playlist to feel like you're moving up, like you were coming out of something. You were settling in, you were going through it. You were realizing like you don't have to stay in this emotion. You can just fucking accept it and then move on. And easy, easy is just kind of, for me, the feeling of when I first heard it, I was like, oh man, this just reminds me when I've been kind of in a mood and maybe it's rowdy and I don't usually smoke um, weed or cigarettes, but when I've had a few, you know, beers, like, and I'm out with my friends and it gets rowdy, like I'll start chain smoking and there's just that energy in the air. And, And when I first heard this song, I was reminded of that. And there's kind of this indifference and this kind of attitude that, you know, is kind of packed in it, at least for me. And that's, you know, when I hear it, I I just think, well, fuck them. (laughs) I don't know, what what is, how is, how is um, King Cruel accepted in the, in the UK? Is it, is it cool to like King Cruel? I, I, I don't know. It's another act that was, that was new to me. Um, oh wow! List, listening to this though, it did feel like a a bit of a, a pivot 
as far mm-hmm. as the playlist is concerned. I, I don't want to give anything away about how how the rest of this sort of pans out, but it does feel like there's an upward trajectory. Um, so I, I did wonder if there was maybe some sort of emotional journey that was going to be attached to it without wanting to project anything um, on, on a you, but um, this did feel like a gear change. Yeah, this, when I was thinking, when you asked me to put together like a playlist that reminded me of specific, sorry, when you asked me to put together a playlist that reminded me of specific moments of my life, I also was reflecting on the current situation that we're in, which, you know, you just face with, with COVID and my current reflections of my emotional state. And then this whole track, like I mentioned before, was, or, or this whole playlist was kind of built to reflect, you know, accepting it. And I am and wanting like fun again and having fun in your life. So this is the point you know, where you're just like, fuck it. I got to live my life and have some fun or at least find the joy on whatever this is. So this is? Uh, this is Easy Easy by King Cool. Easy come and easy go. Yeah, I'm sure I told you so. I just want you for your door. Right, now, now we've hit upon an act that I have an awareness of. I have seen them live. Oh, wow. So tell me who this is by. Oh, this is by Caribou. I'm so jealous that you've seen Caribou live. How was that? Fucking unreal. God, I bet. Man. Um, So... It's in a really sort of small venue as well, uh, in Digbeth, which is like. Do you say so- Digbeth? <laughs> D- so D I G B E T H, which is like the cool, dilapidated bit of Birmingham where gigs happen and warehouse parties are. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a massive sort of um, complex there called the Custard Factory, which is where the Birds Custard Factory was but now it's all media studios and little fancy bars and like the city skate shop is there um just cool now it is yeah yeah, really cool (laughs) and so um and it wasn't my idea i was sort of taken along to see them and i was blown away by the energy of of the band and of sort of I don't know the, the name of the, the main guy that is essentially Caribou but one thing that really impressed me is like the multi-instrumentalism of it so yeah. he, he would be on guitar for some songs and there was a second drum kit so sometimes he would be playing the same drum patterns as the main drummer and it would just amplify the wow. impact of the percussion because they were I'm li- getting goosebumps right now. Like I'm literally like shivering because I'm like, damn, I miss that feeling though. Just like seeing that live and like having that sound envelop you. Oh my god! But but it, but this this wasn't just sort of nuts and bolts, sort of basic four on the floor percussion. This mm-hmm. was complex upbeat patterns that they were matching perfectly or wow. complementing each other. And I was just like. 
this is fucking nuts. That's dope. <laughs> That's and, exci- I'm so excited. I feel like pump that up right now. That's exciting. So I love that. I I really enjoy that. He kind of he kind of um, he kind of straddles between sort of el- like electronic music and kind of this instrumental kind of mellow kind of material like like there's been large gaps in between when i when i haven't been listening and then i'll hear a new caribou record oh wow that's that's a little bit more on the electronic side than than what i remember um but such a talented artist so how did you get into caribou um i got into caribou um by a friend um who maybe let's see what uh my first intro in the caribou was can't do without you and when i was younger i didn't really appreciate electronic music um i you know there was that idea of just like well what do you know it's just like turntables you know or a midi pad but you know i know um several electronic artists the artist that i know who introduced me to caribou is so you know class she's classically trained on a piano <laughs> she understands her synthesizers you know and, and that was the time when i opened my eyes i was like oh my god there's so much more than just hitting a button mm-hmm. you know you're talking about complex drum patterns this is happening here you know you have a loop pedal that's computing all this crazy shit and then I don't know, as I became in my late 20s, um, that's when I really started getting into Pauline, oh my God, Brian Eno, Pauline, um, I think her name is Oliveros, Oliveros, is that how I pronounce it? Sometimes my accent gets in the way, Um, but... You know, Pauline was a pioneer in electronic music. And that's when I started taking time to really deep listen to music and try to hear the the under patterns, like what's rising, what's fading away. And, And I just, you know, and when I heard Can't Do Without by Caribou, I was hooked on them and I just started really listening to their catalog and, you know, expanding and seeing similar artists. Okay, so this is? Uh, you and I. Grudgingly moving on from Caribou because we could have spoke yeah. about him for a lot longer. Uh, who are we listening to next? So next we're listening to Alessandro Cortini, who a lot of people know from um, Nine Inch Nails. He he joined the tour of Nine Inch Nails, but he also does a lot of um, work with um, Daniel Markey. Daniel Mark, oh my god, let me Google this right quick so I can get the pronounce. Do you know who I'm talking about? Nope. So that's why it doesn't. <laughs> oh, um, Daniel Avery. I'm thinking of Daniel Avery. Um, okay. But Alessandro Cortini also works with Daniel Avery. Um, 
but he's an Italian musician. Um, he was the keyboardist and the bass player for Nine Inch Nails. Right. Um, he has, honestly, I don't even know the name of the album. Um, it looks like it's something off of like word art when you search it on iTunes. Um, but you know, trans transitioning, like we're kind of coming out of the arc and the soundtrack that I've <laughs> submitted. Um, this is someone that once I discovered his music, I take time and I, I'll listen to the album from start to finish. And, and often that's what, that's what I'll do. I'll just take time. And now that, you know, we're under lockdown, we have all of this leisure time to like put on a nice pair of headphones and enjoy an album for what it is. I really enjoy um, his work and the thought behind his work. And uh, I would say that uh, this is a bit of a bummer, but um, not this song. He's got a song called um, Scappa that, you know, just when you're having like a shit day and you need to just like fucking maybe have a nice sob over a cup of tea, you know? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you don't want to cry, you just want to feel it out and then just get, you just want to get it out and then just move on. No, you I need would to, recommend. You need to wallow in it. That's what? what it. You need to wallow in it. You you can't listen to happy music if you're not in that frame of mind. No, and here's the thing. It is just electronic music, but it's so moving. It, it feels like, okay, take five to eight minutes with this track, get it the fuck out. And at the end of it, you know, there's, you know, kind of feels like sun coming through clouds. And every time I listen to it, I get a good cry. And then it's like, okay, there I go. Complete psycho. I'm done crying. No, it's a release yeah. valve. Yeah, like, it's really, yeah. There's, there's this, there's, there's this terrible sort of perception that having a moment like that and, and having a cry is like weakness. But it's something that's in there that needs to get out. And once you clear it, well, like I said, I'm from Texas, so it's like, you're going to cry, you're going to show you're weak. Um, <laughs> a lot of, uh, <laughs> if you're crying, you're, I, mean, I don't, well, you know, I'm gay, so it's like, I'm not, <laughs> I feel like if I say it, the soundbite will haunt me, but I feel like, you know, fuck it, I'd say it on stage. Um, you know, like in Texas, just like, if you're going to cry, you're a faggot, you know, like there's that mentality. Yeah. It's toxic. Yeah. Uh, maybe I could just say toxic um, masculinity, but you know that's that's really how I grew up and it, it isn't until recently that I've been like it's okay to cry um but there's like a pride in Texas about just putting on a stone face and carrying a gun we just like shoot our problems out <laughs> like <laughs> well that, that that you probably hit upon something there there's probably a few people who shot through their problems that uh, <laughs> oh, could have done <laughs> could have done with maybe venting uh, certain emotions and not keeping no. it all inside. <laughs> not which I, I honestly shot my first gun when I was eight, <laughs> and yeah, I shot it at hay bales and dirt, and then after that, birds, then tin cans, and then a treehouse, <laughs> then the you know, <laughs> then buildings. You see how it goes. Yeah, it sounds like you got out of Texas at the right time. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I was a year away from like wearing camo and <laughs> joining a militia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's uh, it's weird. Like I, I, 
I put an episode out a couple of weeks ago uh, with uh, Michael Malone, and his mixtape overall was fairly kind of melancholic. But I was very fed up at the time, and I needed to hear that kind of music. I was just like, oh, right, okay, I can just sit in this because this yeah. is kind of, this is reflecting my mood right now. And I felt better for listening to it, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. so having pieces of music that help you, like, you know, like, like, like uh, with your first track saying that it's something you use to center yourself, this is a track you can use to, to open that valve and get something out and then move on. Yeah, exactly. All right, so, so this track is? This is called a, I don't think I'm pronouncing it right, um, again, an accent, but it's called a Batakari. Batakar. Be, I'm going to spell it for the listeners. I, it's probably <laughs> Italian, um, but it's, it's B-A-T-T-I-C-A-R-R-E by Alessandro Cortini. So, your next track is another notch in that upward trajectory. So, who's this? This is Everything Is Recorded uh, by Richard Russell. Um, it's kind of like a, a thematic album about a night out into the morning after. You know, just kind of the phases of the night. And when I heard this album... I believe, yeah, it came out in February. Um, it was kind of like, you know, COVID hadn't really hit the States yet, or it had, but we had not been privy to the knowledge. Uh, we had, a, we, you know, the administration thought best. And um, it just felt like a great, you know, there's some really great party songs and this to have on in the background on this album but also this this song is just kind of like you're in the groove like you're feeling yourself at a party you've had a few drinks in everybody's vibing and when i listen to the song i think it's especially important to listen to now and and to remember those moments it, it just makes me look forward to having them again instead of thinking about oh man it's been so long you know changing that perspective is so important you know also for mental health of like this is going to happen again and i can't wait and it helps me to remember that feeling of just like the air of like anything is possible you know i want this night to continue forever this is so fun it's just such a nice reminder of that and that it will happen again yes like shifting your perspective from uh missing something to anticipating something is a world of difference yeah and it sounds like so simple it's like well duh but when you're in the midst of missing it instead of anticipating it it's like it feels like it's two different worlds yeah and it's, it's like someone threw a switch you're like oh yeah. Oh right, okay, and then all of a yeah. sudden, yeah, you can you, you you you've got a different momentum to your day because you realise you just needed that sort of shift. So. Yeah, 
So for me, this is a song that really shifts that perspective and that momentum. Okay, and the song is? And the song is I Don't Want This Feeling to Stop by Everything Is Recorded, a.k.a. Richard Russell. from Everything Is Recorded. Who are we listening to now? This is LCD Sound System. This is a classic by LCD Sound System. And it reminds me to dance. And there's, okay, so at, in LA, there used to be this bar called The Satellite. It's actually, unfortunately, being converted into a restaurant um, due to COVID and and the owners having to sell, but it, it and before the, it was a satellite, it was another iconic um, music bar, but that's really what it is. It's a music place. Um, and it, and then it became like a comedy kind of club, you know, alternative acts would play there, but they would have really great dance nights. And when I first moved to LA, the first year I was there, I had a birthday and uh, honestly, almost every birthday I've, I've had at this, this bar, which the dance night is named after this song. Um, I would get blackout drunk, I'd crawl under a stall, start puking in a toilet. And then, you know, usually it was in the men's room. Sometimes it was the women's room, head under a sink. And then, um, unfortunately, the, the houses next to this venue, they had open-faced garages, so no garage doors. And... I just, the first year I moved to LA and had my birthday at the satellite, I just vomited all over these cars and this garage and then thought I was being a good person by opening. I do remember opening a trash can or some kind of like Rubbermaid, you know, box. Maybe it wasn't even a trash can and just vomiting profusely. Um, and... Uh, honestly, every time I hear this song, I think about partying and until I puke. <laughs> In a good way? In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, is, is she celebrating this moment? Or oh, yeah, is she... <laughs> I'm definitely celebrating this moment. This is like, yes. I got so fucked up. I got on everyone's nerves. I puked and I don't even know about it. You know, just like a real 21 year old. Yeah. Um, we're wearing the excess, like a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So this track is? Uh, this track is Dance Yourself Clean by LCD Sound System. Awesome. That's LCD Sound System. Who's up next? Uh, up next is Peggy Goo. Um, also, now we're kind of in the dance part of of the soundtrack uh, on the roll. You know, we, we've gone up. We're having a night. 
we're a little drunk, but this is also kind of like, this just reminds me of like a great chill vibe. Maybe this is, if this, if LCD sound system was at the beginning of the beginning stages of living in LA and thinking that's what partying is, you know, fresh from Chicago, you have to get blackout drunk at a bar. This song by Peggy Goo is kind of the vibe now in Los Angeles. It's like, you're at a, you're at a party, you have a few drinks, you don't have to get annihilated. You take a few tokes, you know, you smoke a joint, you just have a nice chill night, but you're still able to like party and dance. You know, it's just a different feeling than getting hammered off of vodka shots within the first 30 minutes and violently dancing, you know? <laughs> this song, it just reminds me of like really great kind of mature parties. Um, and it makes me think of like what I thought LA was when I was growing up, you know, you see in the movies, like in the seventies, like off of Laurel Canyon or the Hollywood Hills where there's like always like a swanky party and like someone's got a martini and a pantsuit on, you know, usually seventies polyester and they're just grooving and there's like a tiger in the background, you know, like <laughs> I'm sure like all mansions in the seventies had a tiger. This is what that song reminds me of. It's like socializing like, rather than partying. Okay, see, I like the way you condensed my story. Um, I just gave you like a big thing and I'm really all I could have said was like, this just reminds me of like a groovy socializing versus partying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just giving you... Like I said, I've just been so alone. Like... <laughs> Like when I mentioned I wanted to talk, it was because I, I I live alone. Like this is it. After this, I'm back to just that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you know, we can stay in touch afterwards if it helps. Like, <laughs> oh, all right, it might. <laughs> all right, so this track is. Uh, this track is Starry Night by Peggy Goo. Moving on from Peggy Goo, we find ourselves at your final track. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell me who this is by. Oh, this is by Robin. Um, I think if, if I didn't include Robin in the electronic tracks, electronic section, it would be a shame. Um, I feel like she's an icon. Um, though this song is, I don't think, one of her iconic or most well-known songs. I think, what is it? Call Your Girlfriend. You know, Fembot, Fembot One. You know, I don't know if you are a fan of Robin. Uh, I wouldn't say I was a fan, but I have an awareness and appreciation for her. There was a track okay. that came out a few years back uh, called Every Heartbeat. And yeah. that, oh, that was great. They did the thing with, like, Roy Scott. Okay, sorry, I'm getting, again. No, that's fine. Because um, that got a lot of radio play, mm -hmm. but I think it has a lot of substance to it. And, like, the, the sort of the primary radio station in, here in the UK... It, it just plays pop uh, or, or, you know, whatever the sort of... They play... They, they have a playlist of what is current and what they believe cool is. But there are right. obviously, just like everywhere else, there are other stations that are playing newer, more obscure stuff. But the thing I liked about that track is that there's a lot of layers to it and a lot of atmosphere. And if you... 
when that came on, I just started doing my, my job now. Where I'm a sort of sales rep, so I spend a lot of time in the car driving, and that's a really good track to play at a high volume and kind of just immerse yourself in, you know? Yeah, and also just to like scream out loud, especially in the car. Like it's such a jam, such a car jam. I feel like Robin has written a lot of car jams. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's def there's definitely uh, a fair few sort of thumping tracks that make good traveling music. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a, like a cheesy trope of like compilation albums that you, you get in like um, garages and petrol stations, whatever, uh, and service stations over oh, here. Oh yeah, we like, have them here too. Yeah, yeah. That are sort of like top driving drive time tracks, you know. Yeah. And that's like that's, <laughs> no, that's a, a hit. That's what we have now. That's a hit. Ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, they those compilations tend to be like like seventies rock. That your mm -hmm. dad, that your dad would listen to, but I, I, I think there's like a there's a delineation between that and music to travel to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I get like, it. Yeah. yeah, when you when when you're enjoying the movement and the scenery and the the getting from A to B, you're not just sort of plodding through it. You're actually enjoying it. You know, I who I would not recommend listening to on a drive track, Ted Nugent. Do you know who Ted Nugent is? Is it, it, he's the sort of seventies rock guy that loves guns, right? Yes, now he loves guns and the Arrowhead and Trump. But growing up, my mom loved to listen to Ted Nugent in the house. You know, so I grew up thinking Ted Nugent was, you know, kind of that seventies rock, eighties grungy kind of like mm. dirty, like a strip club off the highway. Yeah. But that's not good drive. That will, if you listen to Ted Nugent on a drive. You will be in a different mental state by the time the song is done, and the world will look a lot different. I did that last weekend. I, it, I was like, oh, have you heard of Ted Nugent? And my friend was like, no, I haven't. Never listened to Ted Nugent. I was like, we had an hour-long drive. I was like, why don't we pop it on? One of the biggest mistakes of my life, and I used to be engaged. <laughs> like, was <laughs> listening to Ted Nugent on the drive. Oh, there's a whole story there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but 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 Robin. Ted Nugent aside. Ted, Ted Nugent aside, like every heartbeat to me was a good traveling song. Loads yeah. of loads of atmosphere and a, and a lot of genuine emotion behind all of the the lyrics. But why don't you tell me about this track? Because I've got us completely sidetracked. Well, this track. Um... To me, when I heard it, I, I believe it came out relatively, I'm trying to see, yeah, it came out in 2020, it came out in this year, which feels unfortunate because when I first heard it, I imagined, I guess to me, when I first heard this track, I imagined what the atmosphere should have been as they were creating it. You know, this is a song to like, kind of like, you know, like, you're at a party, you're vibing with someone or you're flirting with someone, you're probably going to take them home at night, you know, or it's like a, or it's kind of like a hot and sultry kind of summer evening, you know, there's just that kind of electronic, that, that electric energy in the air. 
or it feels kind of slick. It just feels, not to sound gross, but it feels a little sexy, but it kind of in a gritty way. You know, this song, it put me in that mood of like, oh, you know, you're, you're out on the prowl. You're going to go. It sounds like I'm, I'm never out on the prowl. Even in my old life, I was never on the prowl. Um, <laughs> I, I was barefoot in Texas for most <laughs> of my life. You think I could be out on the prowl? <laughs> but, but I think that this this track was intended for a night out. It wasn't yeah. intended for everyone staying in. Yeah. And and the, so when an artist has spent so long working on uh, a body of music and then it comes out and everyone hears it in a completely different state than the way it, they would normally sort of consume it it's almost like a missed opportunity for them you know it's just like oh they, they should have been playing this out at festivals and live gigs and I um hang on I might have to wrap this up in a few moments is that Sorry, okay it's fine it's fine I'm gonna say I'm working on the download Sorry, right, it's fine you're gonna hear a little Slack message. I don't know how to turn that off, to be honest. What, the little click? Yeah. It's fine. Okay. But no, this was definitely a song that should have been played, um, should have been played at music festivals. And you should be hearing, like if you're not dancing to it, at least hearing it in the background as you walk. Yeah to another part of the festival. You know, yeah. like, it's a festival. It's a festival song. Okay. All right, so this song is? Um, this song is Impact by Robin S.G. Lewis and Channel Tress. Ever, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. It's been a, a real pleasure to talk to you. I get, I get the feeling that you needed to talk to someone. Um, <laughs> Honestly, the pleasure's all mine. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, but for the benefit of anyone who's not heard you before, where's the best place to find out about you and all your creative endeavors? Um, honestly, like Instagram, I would say is the most accessible. Uh, for people trying to find out more information about me. It's just Ever, E-V-E-R-M-A-I-N-A-R-D. And I run a monthly game show live um, now, thanks to the internet. Um, anyone can play, anyone can join, but you know, we'll, we'll have another show um, next month and the month after, and it's live stream. But basically um, fans can play with, it's a game show, so they can play with or against their favorite comedians. Oh, amazing. So that's been really cool. Yeah. It's called Your Turn Go. And, and the concept came from it would just be like, okay, who's ready? Michael, your turn go. And then you have to answer like trivia <laughs> questions or do like a quick challenge. So it's really silly. You I know? think everyone needs a little bit of silly right now. So yeah, that sounds it's a amazing. It's a very silly game show. So that's where that's, that's really what I've been, you know, focusing my creativity on is Your Turn Go. Amazing. Okay. Well, look, thank you very much for coming on. Um, and I will keep an eye out for your turn go. And uh, I hope you come back and maybe do another mixtape at some point. 
I would love that. I, I, I'll keep it concise. Hopefully by then I've had someone else to talk to. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm very good at editing. This will sound great. Thank you so much. <laughs> So, that concludes this week's episode. We've deliberately kept the music played below the conversation because we believe that all musicians should be paid something for what they do. So if you'd like to listen to the mixtape in full, you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the links in the show notes of this episode. Or you can find and follow the Facebook page Mixtapes with Mike and I'll share those links on the post that announces this episode. If you've enjoyed the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on your social media with anyone you think would enjoy it. It would mean even more if you would leave us a positive review on iTunes as that will help us reach a larger audience. But in the meantime, I'll see you next week for another episode of Mixed States with Mike. Yeah.